The High Regard Show. It's... Now, it's simple as pie, man. You plant your feet in the ground, you look square in the eyes, and you say, hey, baby, you and me's going on today. That's the end of the story. What's the name? Lance. Listen here, Lance. Lance. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. everybody i'm tom and i'm nikki and this is the high regard show in which we talk about things we hold in high regard very high high above harlem way up on the third floor moving on up oh it don't get better than that no sir it doesn't so this is a jam-packed show this week it really is you know there was a time when we first started the high regard show that we would both complain about working full-time jobs then jumping into this project during our minimal free time wouldn't you agree i think maybe one of us complained more than the other but maybe (laughs) one of us doesn't do as much work on it than the other (laughs) maybe that's true we should like start logging our time (laughs) (laughs) we should we should maybe for tax purposes next year oh or we could figure out who gets to raise yeah i yeah whatever I want to race. Okay. Like we needed something to fill the gaps in our day with more responsibilities. But this show has grown from an annoying adolescent to something we have literally fallen in love with since its inception. And now that it's 19 weeks old, I do believe it's legal to feel that way in all 50 states. <laughs> I feel this is an appropriate epiphany, Tom, to be sharing, considering that this is the month dedicated to celebrating love. Oh, February, you fickle bastard. (laughs) Now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into the seductive sounds of this week's You Heard. You Heard? This week's You Heard comes to us from Amsterdam Avenue, uptown Amsterdam Avenue, that is, between 123rd Street and 124th Street. I want to go home and bang my bookie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I just have to say this. Like, leading into this whole segment, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I felt like that eagle who had the GoPro cam tied to him and was flying across the mountains. Yeah. And he was just looking in every direction like, what the hell is going on? I feel like that's how we led into this segment just now. What do you mean? Like, I just feel like we were just looking around like, wait a minute, what's supposed to happen? (laughs) And then we finally got to it. And I still don't know what's going on because I have no idea what the hell a bookie is. Exactly. I don't know. It could be anything. Maybe that's our nickname for her lover. Maybe that's what she calls... A toy that she uses. Maybe that's what she even calls some kind of drug paraphernalia. Who knows? I'm hoping it's the drug paraphernalia. (laughs) I'm really, really hoping she goes home and just hits that bong hard. I'm going to start calling you Buki from now on because then I'm going to make it a nickname. So you're just going to annoy this shit out of me. That's what I do, right? (laughs) This is is your goal. (laughs) It's all about love. And that is this week's You Heard. So, what we're trying to say is that Valentine's Day is obviously finally here, and as is the case every year, your social circles are going to once again be split into the love it or hate it groups, which probably existed since the beginning of this wonderful February tradition. The only February tradition that we should be interested in is my birthday. Well, I thought that that was always the focus. Like, that's the focus from mid-January on. 
No way, man. <laughs> you sounded just like Stevie. <laughs> no way. Is that always the focus? I don't care about my birthday. You I was love just your making birthday. a joke. You are not. You don't make jokes about things like that. No, I do. You love your birthday. I do, I and I admit my it. Birthday, I leave it. I don't really care one way or the other. Well, good to know then. I figured I got a couple of good ones left, and then it's all downhill from there. So <laughs> might as well just bring it up. That's all. I wasn't like asking for praise or anything. Note to self. Cancel the parade. Oh, no parade? (laughs) Look, I get that we love our holidays and that we are all just looking for another reason to get our party on. But in the matters of love, things are a lot more complicated than getting shot in the ass with an imaginary arrow and then living happily ever after. As we find out from Maria Avgatitis, founder of Agape Match. So without further ado, let's join the interview now in progress. talking with Agape Match founder Maria Avgatidis and Maria you come from a long line of matchmakers how did your family get in this business a fourth generation am I right yeah uh, by the way kudos on saying my last name correctly <laughs> I know it's all Greek to you uh, but nonetheless uh, yeah so technically I'm fifth generation but I say I'm fourth because a it sounds more believable and B, my mother was never a professional matchmaker. She's kind of book bookended between okay. two. Um, but she has worked for us in the past, so I don't usually count her, but she has worked with me, so whatever. <laughs> There's an asterisk. There is an asterisk. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm a fourth-generation matchmaker. Um, I don't know if anyone chooses this. I certainly did not choose this. In fact, I have a master's in global affairs and economics, <laughs> thinking I would become a diplomat one day. I even worked at an embassy once. Um, but no, you know, I think random people just meet you constantly and they tell you their problems quite quickly and you just monetize it and um it was just it was a very interesting start because i had just moved to the city and just i'd go to bars and people would just tell me their problems and like (laughs) as as if i was the bartender and um you know at some point uh people i guess i people are like oh do you have anyone you can meet introduce me to and i'm like well if you pay me and then people started paying me and it was just very interesting how it started because it was not something I think I ever chose. Um, when it comes to my grandparents, um, I think when you're a matchmaker in those times, because mm-hmm. then you were matching people to get married. There was no, you know, dating right. is relatively new as a concept. You know, it's sure. probably like 60 or 70 years old. It's not something that actually happened during human evolution. Right. So uh, there's always been a matchmaker in every community. So basically the most popular person who was the best gossip that was your match, the village's matchmaker. And, you know, I'm not trying to talk ill of my grandparents, but I'm pretty sure, you know, I've heard <laughs> stories when I, because, you know, my grandmother's deceased now, but I've heard stories from all her girlfriends and her sisters, like, yeah, your mother, your grandmother was like the biggest gossip. Everybody loved going to her house and having <laughs> coffee and she would set people up. And so what she would receive, there was a different kind of payment. Like, you know, I like to get paid in cash money, son. <laughs> but, um, but my grandmother got paid in like goats and stuff, so it was very, very different time, you know. Good time, I guess. Good it, it was, it was a good, good time. time. It was a good time, but it was a different time, you know. Now I have to deal with people like dating and texting and sexting on a first date and just all this bullshit that I know my grandmother never Could dealt with. Imagine, yeah. Luckily, I mean, of, yeah. what do you mean imagine? Could she have imagined there's like little rectangle thing in our pocket, <laughs> like controls everything we do, right. including you know people swiping away their soulmate, you know. Right, of course. And, you know, and then there's, you know, the internet and things like that, you know, so give, give our listeners just a rundown of just kind of like what sets you apart from the concept that they might think of dating, you know, like the match.com or the things like that. So I guess there's like a, there, you know, there's two tiers of dating. Well, there's three tiers. Technically there's what we call mainstream dating, which is uh, mainstream online dating, which is uh, match.com, OkCupid, eHarmony, Mm -hmm. you know, and even dating apps are in this. Um, then you have the second tier, which is adult online dating. So the Ashley Madisons mm-hmm. and 
the adult friend finder, like all, on the variety. Um, those actually make a lot of money. I don't know what I'm doing in this business. And then there's the third tier, which is matchmaking. And I'm a traditional matchmaker. So typically the people that would come to us are people who, um, you know, either one, they love delegating that part of their life. They're probably used to delegating a lot of things mm-hmm. in their life to other people, like personal chefs and drivers. But we also have the, a lot of clients that, um, you know, they have jobs that keep them busy. And so they have time to date, but they don't have time to go on bad dates. So they come to us or they have careers where they're unable to use the modern dating technology that exists. So um, a lot of professors, a lot of CEOs, celebrities, politicians, athletes, um, and just, you know, your average entrepreneur who just wants to be private as they're going through a funding round. Um, they come to a matchmaker because they just find they have a huge value on privacy. Right. Okay. And that's what we offer. And can you briefly walk us through just, you know, the typical process of when one of those people come in, you know, right, how yeah. do you vet them? How do you, and then like, what happens after that? Sure. So, uh, well, when they, when they first go on our website, they can actually choose if they want to be a client or a free member. Okay. Um, if they are a free member, they could stay on our, they'll be on our, in our database. And if we ever have a match for them, we'll call them in. It's no cost to them. But if they sign up as a client, it just means that they get to come in for a consultation with myself mm-hmm. and my staff. And what we do in this consultation is we try to determine if they're going to be a good match for us to even work with. Okay. Um, we do say no to a lot of business because some people, you know, they come in with delusions or they're not ready to be in a serious relationship, um, you know, or we can't really help them. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the people that we love working with, um, you know, we go through that consultation and then when they become a client, we start recruiting and vetting possible matches for them. So gone are those days where you're online dating and you're like, oh, he didn't look like anything like their photo or they lied about their age. Or sure. they were still married. Or they that, don't exist. <laughs> yeah, or they don't exist. That does not happen. I've never been catfished in my office. Like, that just does not happen. Um, I also never hear, like, oh, he's not ready to date because anyone that's ever been my client or anyone that's ever matched, they're all ready to get married in the next year. Yeah, so it's, it's very different stigma when you sign up for a matchmaking service. And as a result, we get really great people. Um, and then, you know, hopefully they enter a relationship. We coordinate everything. So we try to take away the stress from dating as well. Like there's no, you know, people meet online or at a bar mm-hmm. and they text and then they forget or they become busy or sure. distracted. So what we do is we do full date concierge. So we set up the date. They like don't even the place, every, the place we tell them wow. time, place and day. They don't even have a photo. We don't share photos here. Cause again, privacy, um, but we know what attractive is, right. but we'll set up the date. So they just say, they'll have some information about the person prior to meeting, but at the restaurant, they'll say Maria and the hostess will seat them together. And you know, if they have a great time, then we will set up the second date. So oh, as well. Awesome. So nice. we really, you know, creating a relationship is about cultivating the relationship in the mm-hmm. beginning, um, that courtship. And I think, you know, some people will say, oh, I had such a great first date. I don't know why we never went out again. It's usually because people get distracted. People go through work. People have a bad day. And, sure. You know, so a, a million factors. We try to take away all those variables by making it this very standard way of doing it. Now, that's my process. I don't know what – I think I know what other matchmakers do, um, which can be vastly different. Like, they'll sure. say, oh, give her a call. And, again, the same thing happens. Like, you're, you're not really – I don't think you're providing the service that the client's asking for. Okay, great. And before I turn it over to Tom's – Questions. Sure. My last question is just, you know, what's the ro- most, because this is our Valentine's Day episode, what's the most romantic thing someone has ever done for you? Oh, for me? For you. Oh, gosh. Um, so every year we have our Valentine's Day party, which is a love lockdown. That's what we call it. It's where guys get um, keys and ladies get locks and then they try to find their match. And last year at our love lockdown, my fiance came to the party um, and he proposed in front of everybody. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah, that was that's probably the most romantic thing that's, I think, ever happened publicly that I know of. Um, but, yeah, that was – I was just fantastic. like – yeah, that was, that was hilarious. That's fantastic. That's very romantic. <laughs> yeah. So. Were you expecting it? Um, I think anyone that is in a healthy relationship will tell you that, you know, you are ex- – you've had those conversations. So I was expecting to get engaged by him eventually and probably sooner than later when it happened. In fact, I was probably peeved off that it happened sooner. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was expecting it. But I was not expecting it that day or how he did it. You know, he um, – we have a commuter relationship. So he lives in Boston. He lives in Cambridge, actually, because uh, he works at a university there. Mm-hmm. And um, – you know, they had all this snow, so I was definitely not expecting to come down there. The the trains had stopped, so I was really that. I think that was more surprising that he like was there. Yeah, oh yeah, that gosh, was really cool. Wonderful. Yeah, I think that's a plan you make, and you just find a way to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, <point> yeah. <laughs> come snow or high water. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, so I just got a couple too. Um, let's see. 
do you feel that there is a shift, and I think we kind of covered this in a way, um, from what people were looking for in the past um, to, to now? Anyone that comes to us, they're all looking to get married or enter serious relationships. Like, it's definitely, like, long-term stuff. I don't think I've ever met anyone here that just wants a date. Okay. Uh, which is great because you meet quality people this way. Um, but what has changed in dating, I think that people have become a little spoiled in terms of, like, the search query. So... You know, online dating is no longer stigmatized. Everyone's online dating, right? It's actually kind of weird if someone's not online dating. Mm -hmm. And as a result of online dating, people are used to, like, searching people via height or judging people via a nanosecond of a snapshot of their life called a photograph. (laughs) So you have the situation where people are becoming, like, way too picky for their own good. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that existed. I know it did not exist, you know, 30 years ago. Um, you know, we had a woman come in today who's like five foot six or five foot four, excuse me, five foot four. And she was telling me he has to be at least six feet. And I'm just like, in what world? Like if my grandmother had you, she'd be like, oh, five foot four, you fit with everybody. Goodbye. You know, like <laughs> height is not something that we use to match people. I think it's um, I think it's a very silly metric. Mm-hmm. And I see this as someone who's six feet tall. Um, you know, if I get people want to be attracted, but like, the truth is any healthy and long-term relationship I've seen chemistry developed. It wasn't instant and you have to give that time and height is not a determinant of someone's character or if they're going to be a good boyfriend, husband Mm -hmm. or, um, or father to your children. Yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, I think a lot of women do a disservice to them by being that picky. Now, when men talk about body types, that's actually a different story because a body type will tell you about someone's lifestyle. So if someone who runs marathons is like, oh, she should be slender and fit, then he's really saying, I want her to be in the same lifestyle as me, right? Because there's always going to be men who want curvy girls, just like there's always going to be women who don't want to date skinny guys. Right. So that I'm actually willing to accept. I'm totally willing to accept body types. I'm not willing to accept height because one talks about lifestyle, one measures nothing. Right. How do you approach that when somebody comes to you and says, I want somebody that's six foot? Do you just outright tell them, like, you all being delusional? Like, that's not happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I tell them immediately, like, I don't match on height and you're five foot four. So theoretically, you should be dating anyone who's five foot seven if you okay. want to wear heels. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, look, I'll accept that if someone, if a woman is five foot nine or up, I'll be like, you know, I'll try my best to get them to be your height or taller. And it tends to be that the taller women tend to be more forgiving. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, most five foot nine women will be like, oh, yeah, he's used five foot nine and up. That's fine. Like, you know, they're, they're pretty cool mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but it tends to be the shorter women who are like, no, he has to be this height. And it's, it's very weird because, like, the truth is most of our tall men that come into our office, if they wanted a short woman, they could just go to a bar and pick up anyone, right? Because right. all the short girls want a tall guy. But um, what, usually, when tall men pay for our services, they're really specific. They're like, she should be like, if I have a six, if I have a guy who's over six foot two, like six foot three, six foot four, mm-hmm. they always tell us she should be at least five foot nine or five foot eight. Like, like they'll they'll have their own height requirement, and that's more not because they don't like short women. It's more of like they don't want their neck to hurt when they're kissing. Like right, they actually yeah. have like a reason. It's right. not it's not like I need to feel like I'm protecting someone. That's a very weird thing to say. Yeah. But women always say that I need to feel protected, and I'm like, wow, like we don't live in <laughs> the woods or anything like that. Like, <laughs> the city you know? can be rough, <laughs> but, but not, every yeah. photo being vertical just so you can fit both your heads <laughs> yeah. in seems like a bit much. Yeah, yeah. So it's very it's very interesting. It's very interesting uh, times we live. In. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect height to be like that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you mentioned before that you have somebody come in, they say, all right, I just went out on a date. Did they call you and say, hey, I had a problem because this person just decided to sext me. Now you have to handle that. Is right. that how it works out? Uh, so that sexting situation has only happened once. Uh, really? But it's got to be uncomfortable yeah. to deal with that. It is uncomfortable. That's part of your job. I mean, look, every every job has its comfortable and uncomfortable things. <laughs> the truth is, um, I think most of our clients hate us until they meet the right person. Even if they're having amazing dating experiences, even if they didn't go on one date for three years before they met you, and now they're going on all these dates, you know, they're just always disappointed until you meet the right one. Sure. Uh, not dis- I don't want to say that word either. They're, they're, most of our clients tend to be quite positive, but... Uh, you know, we deal with feedback every day. So every time someone comes back from a date, we want to find out how it went. You know, three out of our five first dates go on second dates. So that, that to us, that's the metric that we use to see if we're successful. Um, if they're going on second dates, that helps us know, like, okay, so what, you know, what do you like about this person? Why are you going on a second date? So we can kind of fine-tune that dial for their next match should that match not work out. Okay. Um, 
but it's also about just kind of feeding, you know, kind of listening. You know, I think most people's problems are just, they just want to feel listened to. Now, the sexting situation, that's tough because that's against our rules. You're not allowed to, you know, we have a couple of dating rules, like, you know, two drink maximum, Mm -hmm. no sex on the first date, um, you know, some basic stuff for people who are actually looking for serious relationships. And when you sext, even if the guy liked on the date, um, if he's really serious, the truth is he's not going to want to speak to you again. And that's when you have to, like, play the juggler. Like, yeah, you had a great time, but then you did this. And then, okay. um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to victim blame. I mean, she's not a victim either. Though, you know, she's empowered right. to do whatever sure. she wants. It's just, you know, you have to also think about um, how the other person is going to perceive you when you do that kind mm-hmm. of behavior on a first date. In a situation like Do that. Do that on a third date. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. It's been years now. <laughs> what the hell is going on? All right. So let's say if um, something like that happens and then the date falls apart because of it, do you just say, all right, we can't work together now because you broke the rules? Or is there well, a... Well, we have a clause in our contract. So that's actually very... That's that's one example of okay. a million. But... Um, we don't usually our dates actually go quite well even the dates that don't have long-term chemistry the Mm -hmm. ones that don't go on a second date they're quite like it's always really great feedback now in the chance that you know there's always going to be like those five scenarios every year that like the the date went bad because you know someone said let's pay let's pay half and half and or some you know something something so stupid mm-hmm. that i'm like oh my god just you know give someone the benefit of the doubt it's just a first date right the purpose is to determine if you want to go on a second date not if you want to get married um <laughs> or if they're gonna like your friends or whatever right bullshits people things you know <laughs> stuff people put in to like determine if this person's the future parent of their child right um so you know we deal with that you just kind of you just take it take the feedback as it is and take it at face value because there's always two ways two sides of the story you have no idea how many feedback we get where like a person will be like oh my god i had such a great time we talked for four hours blah 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 and then the other person comes back what were you thinking and <laughs> oh, gosh. so we'll get that sometimes because i'm like wait was this person on the same date like i'm so confused <laughs> because and then you'll find out like what were you thinking and i'm like oh, well you were on the date with them for four hours so what were you thinking because usually if it's a bad date you jet after you 30 know, minutes yeah. you don't need four four hours it's a marathon date right yeah. i don't think i went on four hour date with my fiance when i met him like <laughs> so it's just like you know you have to also be fair to like me too like right you yeah. can't be you gotta there there's gotta be you know you gotta give a benefit of a doubt and just kind of be open to i mean this is solid dating advice for anyone that's single like in general forget if you're meeting through match but you know if you're meeting online just it went in doubt go out Ooh, that rhymes. Yeah, you know, good, but like, and you don't know it. Yeah, so it's just like you know, we try that. to we try to keep that. You know, we try to keep that mentality. Like, look, every person's an opportunity. Even if you don't think this person's a match, you need to act like a nice person mm-hmm. and be considerate. And all the dating rules apply mm-hmm. because you never know how this person is going to talk about you to their like. You don't know. You know, Manhattan's very small. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a person who went out on a date. And I guess, you know, she didn't think the date was going well, but then I guess she kind of took out some of her racist tendencies. Like she talked about a specific race and um, a little bit, you know, condescendingly, I suppose. And even though this person and her shared the same race, the same religion, he heard this. And then um, a couple of months later, I ran into him at a networking event and he said, oh, you and I have this person in common. I've heard about you. And I said, oh, okay. And like he said, um, he said in front of five other men, oh, she's totally racist. And now you just lost five men that she could have dated, too. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, you kind of have to think about the, your surroundings as right, well. Right, right. Yeah, it is a very small city. We've yeah, come to Yeah, Manhattan's that. a very small village. <laughs> I, I think it, of it, you know, and so, especially if you're trying to date within your lifestyle, because people that are in your lifestyle, they're dating, they're dating, they're, you know, there's other people right. in that lifestyle, too, that they're probably friends with. Sure, definitely. Yeah. So, now let's say... Um, Somebody like me comes to you. Okay. And I say, all right, um, I want to be set up. We somehow, like, find a match for me. Okay. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> somehow. Uh. <laughs> so then um, it, it works. And, like, a year goes by. And for whatever reason, we drift in different uh-huh. directions. Am I confident enough after that to, like, go out and date on my own? Or am I more likely to come back to you to place me again uh, for a second a good time? Good question. Um, so I should side note that at uh, six months we have a success fee. 
Okay. So not only do people pay us up front an obscene amount of money, um, <laughs> although there's a lot of service, I shouldn't say that. Um, it's definitely good value. Uh, but we also have a success fee of $5,000 at six months. Okay. So if you enter a relationship at six months, um, if you're into a relationship that's more than six months, you would owe us an additional $5,000. Um, anytime I've received it, that person usually has gotten married. Okay. And that's because we do give a couple of warnings, like, you know, on the fifth month, like, hey, are you guys still dating? Because if you are, you're going to owe me money in a couple months, you know, a couple weeks. Maybe you should reconsider if you're not interested in this person. Because the truth is, when people start dating, they have sex, and that is a very distracting activity. Okay. Um, and people then just date someone for a year. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of red signs. They'll keep dating this person um, until it just doesn't work, and then you see, you know, you just wasted two years of your life. And since we don't want our clients doing that, you know, usually you'll know if you're going to marry this person within four or five months. Um, that's just always the case. So. We'll ask them, like, do you see this person as being your future partner or just having fun? Like, oh, I'm just having fun. Then you need to break up with them because you're going to owe me money. Um, <laughs> now, if they do break up or if someone's not successful, a lot of our clients do renew their their mm-hmm. packages okay. because they're enjoying the experience. Or sometimes we'll refer them to one of our colleagues in the city so that maybe they can have access to a different database. If we've exhausted our own sure. for what they were, you know, if they were very picky, what they were looking for, we might not have any more resources. So we'll just send them to someone else that does. Do you work with a lot of other yeah. agencies? Okay. So I'm the co-founder of the Matchmakers Alliance, which is the only nonprofit trade association uh, for the industry. Right. And um, as a result, I also host the Matchmakers Conference in the spring, which is happening in a month. And um, we connect a lot of matchmakers. I work with maybe four or five matchmakers in the city as well. We constantly collaborate. Like I'll take on a client. They'll help me out. They'll take on a client. I'll help them out. You know, like we're always going back and forth. Sometimes I'll meet someone in my office that's really not a fit for me and what I attract in my database. So I'll send them to a matchmaker that's mm-hmm. more appropriate and vice versa. You know, they'll send us clients too. That's so. really good to just know that you're trying to help people. And if you can't right. do it, then there's... And not a lot of matchmakers act this way. So I would mm-hmm. say, um, if you look at the industry as a whole, I would say 50% of them are not collaborative. Right. I've come to find out that the best matchmakers tend to be collaborative. So if you are looking for a matchmaker, look for someone who's, you know open sourcing a little bit some of their their things that they're doing with other matchmakers because it makes them better i mean why should a client be penalized because they signed up for my website on that saturday night and then the man the woman of their dreams signed up for a different matchmaker who showed up let's say one point higher on google that for her versus him Mm -hmm. you know like so this is we try to (laughs) be fair on that stuff that makes sense yeah and i have one more okay all right which is what is the number one thing you would say, in your experience, that people might do wrong on a first date? Oy. Do you see a pattern? Or is there just so many things <laughs> that people do wrong on a first date that... Um, you know, through a matchmaker, it, it, the problems tend to be a lot limited because all the problems, we try to get rid of them. Like, because you don't have their phone number, you have to show up on time. You're dating like it's 1980. Mm-hmm. There's no cell phones here, you know, and um, we tell people don't talk about politics, don't talk about your exes, um, and uh, show up on time, uh, dress the part, you know, like we, we do like, a lot of points. So a lot of things that would happen on a first date don't happen with us a lot. But I think for the most part, um, the two biggest mistakes that people do on a first date is well, it's all foundationally because they don't realize that the purpose of first date is to go on a second date, not mm-hmm. to figure out if this is the partner of your dreams. Right. Yeah. right. Um, but the two major things they do is, um, one, they talk in absolutes, um, which you should never do on, a, on while you're dating to begin with. So, like, oh, I would never live in California. Or I would... Um, I would never be friends with a Republican or I would never like <laughs> these are very weird statements because you're basically closing yourself into a box of no probability. Nobody wants to date someone like that right. because you don't know how life might turn, you know, and then people hold that against you because you've spoken absolutes. Sure. Um, just say maybe, you know, just say the answer like this, you know, and uh, the second biggest thing I think that people do is they talk about their exes. It's, it's okay that you're not over your ex. That happens. Most people are not over their ex. Everyone's carrying baggage. But you got to stow it away, you know, like just for the date, just try not to talk about them. And even if the other person brings it up, just be like, let's talk about that on our next date, you know, like plan out the next date. Mm -hmm. Like try to try to get yourself out of it. And and I know it's so juicy. It's right there. You want to talk about it. You want to gossip about this asshole that broke your heart. (laughs) But like you can't you can't talk about it. You know, be the big be the bigger person on your first date. You have if this right if this person's the right person, you have your whole life to talk shit about your ex. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I think it's a therapy thing for a lot of people where they go and they treat yeah. dates mm-hmm. as therapy. Show up on time, too. My God, the amount of people who tell me, like, that people don't show up on dates. You know if you're going to be late to someplace within 15 minutes before the date. Right. Just text them. Just be like, hey, I'm going to be five minutes late. That's it. Don't don't text them at, well, the date's at 8, and you text them at 8, then, you right. know. There's something wrong there, yeah. Go after yourself, you know. <laughs> Is most of your business just in Manhattan? Uh, yeah, I would say a lot of our businesses in Manhattan. You, Although we do have Philly, New Jersey, Long Island, Connecticut, upstate. We have a whole pocket. And then again, you know, we work with a lot of matchmakers. So if someone comes to us from Chicago or Toronto mm-hmm. or Miami, we will either work with them and collaborate with other matchmaker, or we'll just um, refer them to the matchmaker that we trust the most so that they can get kind of the agape match approval from us, you know. So if someone came to us that wanted to meet someone in Tampa, then we would send them to the matchmaker that we think is the best in Tampa. Okay. That's right. awesome. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, that's really good. good yeah, yeah. We work with a lot of matchmakers right. that way. Is there any upcoming events or anything that you want to plug? Sure. We have, I don't know when this is airing. It's airing Monday. Marin, great. So we have our Love Lockdown event on Wednesday at Aza in the West Village. Okay. okay. Um, it's a wine and chocolate tasting. Uh, it's the place where my fiance proposed to me last year. It's the same event. Um, and maybe it's happening this Wednesday. This yeah, maybe it'll <laughs> maybe next year. You know what's funny is I remember on the way to the place last year, one of my old clients called me to tell me that she was pregnant. So I was like already on that high. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. She's pregnant. That's fantastic. And then, um, you know, then George proposed and that totally overshadowed everything. <laughs> For life. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, who knows? Who knows this year? I think that was good PR for this year, but yeah, who knows? I think, I think a lot of guys won't come now because <laughs> there's expectations. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're sold out for the women. So, um, yeah, we, we're sold out for the women tickets, but there's definitely male tickets still available. Okay, great. I'm and sure they'll still be available on Monday. Okay, That's great. surprising, too. Like, yeah. I would always think that you would get more of a male base. Because I feel like whenever there's, right. like, an event, like, at work, you know, if, if it's, like, let's say, a speed dating event, it's always the guys that are, like, we're going. And the women are, like, we're not going anywhere, any of that. Speed dating and all singles events in the city, it's always way more women than men. I don't think I've ever been to a speed dating event where there were more men than women. Really? Um, just Yeah, I, I think the men that will go to a singles event, um, it takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. And it's tough for a lot of men to psych themselves up for that. Um, you know, the truth is... And this also, you see this in matchmaking as well. Um, women are always ready for a serious relationship, uh, but men are only ready for a serious relationship when that cab light turns on or okay. like mm-hmm. their ego is intact. Um, so, even as a matchmaker, it's very hard for me sometimes to even recruit for certain clients that I really want because I don't really have to recruit. There's, we get enough people coming in. Mm-hmm. But let's say we were going out and about, it's very hard to talk to men sometimes about what I do because either they become instantly defensive mm-hmm. because they're not ready or they're just not ready. Like they'll tell you straight out, like I'm not ready for that. Right. And I'm like, I didn't ask. Great. That's all. I'm, I'm just a matchmaker. <laughs> That's so interesting too, because it's like funny. We're going into tax season. I always wonder like if someone says I'm an accountant, Oh, I don't need my taxes done. But if someone asks me like what I do, I'm like, I'm a matchmaker. Oh, I'm married. I didn't ask. Right. You know, yeah. so yeah. that happens a lot. That happens like I think every day. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Are there a lot of recruiting events that you go to? Like I don't go to any anymore. No? Um, so we're, we show up three times on the first page of Google now. We get all this press. We're doing this. So I mean, I love it. I don't get me wrong, but like we get so many people on our system right now, which is great because our database is you know one of the biggest ones probably in the country. So um, so we have enough people to choose from, and I like what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go to I used to go to a lot of networking events when I had just started my company like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm just kind of like, I'm too busy. I'll send an employee maybe once a month. That's that's right. literally where it's limited. Um, but we have recruiters. So we have people that work for us that, like, I'll say to them, hey, we're looking for someone who fits this criteria. And then it's their job to go find this person in whichever way, like going to synagogue, going to a networking event. So we have other people doing it for me. That's that's the measure of success when you find other people to do stuff you don't want to do. When you're delegating, yeah. You know, for, the, for anyone who's, like, starting a business, because I started my business out of my house, out of my apartment, um, in the Upper East Side at the time, um, you know, if you want to talk to someone who's interesting, buy their drink for them. That's what I learned when I was starting out. Um, there were like a lot of entrepreneurs that I wanted to connect with and we would be at a networking event. I didn't know how to just go up to them. I don't want to be that person. So mm-hmm. I would see, oh, they're drinking a Stella or I asked the bartender, what's this person drinking? And they're like, oh, they're drinking this. And I'm like, okay, so give me another one. And I buy one as well. And I go, hey, I got you a beer. And the way I see it is however much I spent, that's how much time that's how many minutes he owes me 
So if I spent $9 on a beer, he owes me nine minutes. But I think when it's business, well, that's why I think about it in dating. So in dating, if a man buys you a drink, you, you should give him the courtesy of the amount of time based on absolute value from the dollar to minutes. When it's business, I feel like that time, so if it's $9, nine minutes, is actually in half. So I would want four and a half minutes of his time for buying him that beer. Which is enough time yeah. to like. That's brilliant. Yeah. Get your pitch out and get see if it works. Get your pitch out. Yeah. Talk Absolutely. to them. That's how you know, long whatever. It take. Yeah. So yeah, I used to do that a lot. <laughs> I um, uh, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't making a lot of, you know, I was just starting out, so I was trying to feed myself, and um, let's say I had maybe like five hundred dollars of spending money in the month. This is like the first year, so <laughs> I would spend five hundred dollars purely on drinks for other people, and I would just be drinking water with a lime in it, so it looked like I was drinking out like a vodka lime sure, or something. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was very interesting to start out, especially in New York, especially when the recession hit. What an interesting, what an interesting yeah. time yes. to be alive, you know? Um, but yeah, but now that, thank God, you know, thank God. I'm, I'm wondering who's going to become president next because, man. It's, yeah, it's so scary. You know, I've lost a lot of money last year with people who are Trump supporters because um, I don't have any women that want to. I don't have. I don't attract women in my database that would d- marry would date someone who votes for someone like Trump. And as a result, we had a client. We've had two clients who are voting for Trump, and I was like, they would be like, "We, I want a woman who's okay with that." Like they would say this out loud, and I'm like, "You're not gonna." I don't know any women like that. Like you might find them at a rally in Iowa. <laughs> but I don't have them in my database. Just look for a woman wearing like a Make a Great America Great hat. <laughs> yeah, like if you see a woman at Penn Station wearing a flag pin, then there's your girl, you know? Um, so it's just very, uh, it's been very, like the political landscape of the U.S. is very interesting. And I didn't think that that would affect your bit. Like, I didn't think that it that would That affected me because I don't think it ever affects me because, look, half of my clients are Republican. That's great. You know, everyone has the right to vote however mm-hmm. they want. And But the truth is most Republicans in Manhattan are just that. They're Manhattan Republicans. They're people that are socially liberal and fiscally conservative. And that's fine, but there's no party that represents them anymore. Right. Or at least the party that is the Republican Party right now, it does not represent their interests <laughs> anymore. Um, so much is focused on things that I don't, know if it really matters for them on a day-to-day basis so uh you know it's 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 interesting it'll be interesting to see what happens i'm not (laughs) even sure if the candidates represent the republican party right now that's true i mean yeah it's true it's true so it's uh it's it's an interesting time what's funny is with democrats it's like you know that most people that are absolute tend to be um you know people be are very absolute about politics that's always very weird because it's very different wording. So, like, a Republican who's absolutist will say, I would never date someone. Don't even think about setting me up with someone who voted, who even thought about voting for Obama. And, I, you know, I voted for him. So I'm like, okay, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. cool. I'll write this down. I don't say anything. I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I'll get, they're not necessarily, I don't, they don't say, like, they're Democrat. They'll say they're liberal. So, like, um, they will never say no Republicans, but they'll say, like, they tend to be, I feel like my liberal client base or my liberal members, they tend to be more forgiving because they feel like everything's a negotiation. Like they'll convince them somehow. Like surely if I show them reason, they will become and think what I think. <laughs> so it's such a very interesting uh, way of thinking because you, I feel like you see that in the political landscape in America too. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. do what I tell you to do in your bedroom with no questions asked, you know, that's what you kind of hear from the Republican Party. Yep. And then from the Democrat Party, it's like, well, whatever. We Surely, if we look at the facts, you'll see that nobody cares. Like, <laughs> And that you see that in dating, too. You see that, um, not all of my clients, but a lot of Republicans that I've met, or people that vote Republican, they tend to sometimes think in absolute terms versus the Democrats oh, who yeah. don't. Which is, uh, to me, it's just crazy. It's I, will, I, will say that, I will say the industry changed immensely when Tinder came out as a okay. whole. So, like, online dating sites, a lot of them plummeted mm-hmm. in revenue earnings when Tinder came out. Um, I don't know if you understand, like, by how much, but, like, somewhere like a 60 to 80% plummet. So it's, like, a pretty big deal. Um, whereas in matchmaking, it just increased our revenue overnight. So at first, when Tinder came out, I was actually quite nervous. And then three months later, I was like, oh, we just increased our revenues by 100%. That's awesome. Because all of a sudden, we just got all these people who, you know, um, were getting oversaturated with too many apps mm-hmm. and online dating. And that was, that was at Tinder time. There's, like, so many more apps since then, you sure, know. And yeah. um, 
and uh, they were just starting to come to us and we started seeing younger people coming to matchmakers you know matchmaker most of our clients used to be over 35 and now we get people as young as 27 becoming wow. clients we've had a we had a 25 year old last year and uh that was just very interesting because you're like wow this is like millennials right exactly and yeah. um i think what now we're trying to prepare uh we're actually flying out for a strategy meeting about millennial daters because in the next three years we're i mean i'm considered a millennial but i'm at the end of it i'm at the beginning i guess but in three years, we're going to start getting clients, I think, that um, had Facebook in, Facebook in high school, which is what I consider a millennial. Right. If you okay. had Facebook in high school, right. if you think a floppy disk is a save <laughs> button and not a floppy disk, you're a millennial. <laughs> um, so, uh, so that you know, dealing with this new segment that's coming in is going to be very interesting because we might have to adapt certain of our policies. You know, they're very quick sure. and, um, you know, slightly entitled. Slightly, huh? <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, so you know, no offense with. to my the millennials <laughs> listening, but it's 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 interesting. Awesome. Well we look forward to seeing, you know, how those things pan out. Yeah. Well thank All you right. so much for your no time. No problem. Yeah. Appreciate it. No problem. It was great. This thank is you. Cool, by the way. Yeah. Oh thanks. <laughs> Now that the interview's over, I'd have to say, maybe a matchmaker's not for everybody. No, I don't think so. I mean, she had some very specific rules on what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And I get that, like, you know, we have somebody, you know, do the laundry. We have somebody to do, like, to bring us food. You know, as a society, like, you can get any, at the t- click of a button, you could find somebody to do just about everything with you or for you. If you could afford it. Yeah, if you could afford it. <laughs> but, like, so, like, it does, it's not shocking to me that dating is one of those things. That, like, somebody would pay, like, hey, I have, because, like, I know that we have very few hours, like we said at the beginning of the show, we have very few hours for, you know, pleasure if you will but like just doing normal life things you know so having somebody do that for you like to find someone who's compatible with you like there's a value in that for a lot of people i'm sure i'm sure there is but i think that most people that you and i know they're not the type that are going to be able to go on these uh set up dates yeah no by a professional and be able to even adhere to the rules that she was saying no because people like us (laughs) people like us have to like it has to happen organically because that's how people like us would find someone that we're compatible with and maybe it's a financial thing too like i feel like Poor people like find a way to muddle through shit in order to get to the end results. Poor where, people live in clumps, like Cartman from South Park once said. Right. So where true. rich people, on the other hand, they're like kind of, I think, separated from the majority of people, with the exception of other rich people. But instead of taking that leap and putting yourself out there to somebody who has those common interests or whatever, mm-hmm. they could pay somebody to find it for them. Like yeah. why go why go through like all of that hassle of like, you know, finding somebody who's going to actually appreciate you. Or put up with you. Or put up with you. Were you referring to yourself? No, I wasn't. I was looking straight dead at you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> this is the dynamic. this is the dynamic that somehow she warned us about and we still made work (laughs) but these are also what happens when you try to make that dynamic work so as we were saying we broke literally every single rule starting right off in the beginning with the hostage situation yeah there was a hostage situation for sure i mean like who you know, living in hillbilly country, as Tom likes to say, who takes a first date to a restaurant like an hour away, like an hour and a half away? Well, I had to see exactly like how far I can get away. Like, let's say if things didn't work out, I knew I can get you in the car for a second trip and bury your body somewhere in the woods. Is that what it was? <laughs> I thought you were saying because like we do have like and it's funny because like we do have a limit of car trips of like an hour and a half before like one of us is like, what's the most annoying sound in the world? (laughs) And it's usually me. (laughs) It's always you because 
<laughs> because my favorite sound is the sound of silence. You're going to get a lot of that after the show is over tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me misbehaving and being rewarded for it. <laughs> you hear that, matchmakers? Things can happen for the best. <laughs> they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the hostage situation. Basically, the way it worked out was this. I have run through a string of relationships that just failed, 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 failed. And it got to the point where I did the opposite of what Maria said. And I, with you, I was like, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring you out to a restaurant for our first encounter. A million miles from your home. Literally an hour and a half. It really was an hour and mm-hmm. a half through like backcountry winding roads. And I am going to tell you everything. Every single possible thing that I can squeeze in in that three-hour round trip journey. He just wanted someone to listen. (laughs) Yes. At the time, I did get rid of my therapist. Like, absolutely 100% did because... So, wait. So, should I be getting therapy fees then? Should I, like... Should I be... What is that called? Like, when they, like... Back bill? Like, should I be back billing you for six years of therapy bills? Yes, and I will apply it right through your seamless tab, and eventually <laughs> everything will work, work itself out. out. It's probably, we're probably even. <laughs> oh, you think? <laughs> sure we are. So we go out, right? <laughs> and we talk about the crazy stuff. Like, we talk about the exes, mm-hmm. which we, we should We did talk know. about the exes, yeah, no. <laughs> we talk about the kids, which I know scared the shit out of you, like, right from the start. It did. It did. I, I remember calling my mom saying, like, I can't see him anymore. Like, it was a great first date. I'm like, but he has kids. Yeah, he's, he's getting people pregnant. <laughs> like, this is the last thing that you need in your life. He's virile. I can't have that. <laughs> Find me a sterile steed and bring bring him to my chambers. Oh my god! For some reason, I just pictured a centaur, but like it was like John C. Riley as a centaur. Is there another kind? No, there's not. Think so. (laughs) And we talked about our finances from the beginning. Which, okay, if you can get past the fact that there was, you know, those exes involved, Mm -hmm. and 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 I mean. It was yeah, some crazy was some, shit that we yeah, explained. Yeah, some bad shit, yeah. And then you can get past the kid talk. Man, the fact that you stayed around for the financial talk, which basically was summed up in, listen, I'm completely broke. <laughs> I'm living in Swalla. Do you want to come over and watch TV? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the fact that I had Stockholm Syndrome from, you know, the long trip. Yes. Because we were at the restaurant for like a good two, two hours, two and a half hours. We Because we were talking. I mean, this was like, there was a lot of talking that was going on. So, I mean, like, this was like a good, like, six-hour date, I'd say. Oh, yeah. So, easy. like, I had, you know, I probably had a case of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, you had two dogs. Yes. They are very charming. They are very charming. <laughs> But, you know, what's weird was when Maria was talking during the interview that we had with her, Mm -hmm. she had said that, you know, some relationships she's confused by because she had somebody come in and say, like, you know, listen, I think we had a really, really great time. And then she would talk to the other person who went on a date and they would say, oh, my God, it was a nightmare. And her comment to that person was. You went on a four-hour date. like, And then she began to explain to us, like, that's a marathon date. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, like, our first date, six hours. Yeah, it had to be, at least. And I was, like, going, wow, four seems like a lot to you? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> like, I didn't feel like that was all that long. No, because it was, it just, we talked and it was funny and like because you're funny i'm funny god darn it i'm funny yes you carry this you carry this whole thing (laughs) (laughs) you carry us to victory i do i do well go ahead mike's on i don't remember what i was be funny (laughs) (laughs) we're waiting for the funny let's have it now yeah i've been waiting for a long time too yeah oh very nice i'm taking whatever it's fine (laughs) but I mean, it's strange how, like, different people will approach these situations, you know, in different ways. Yeah. So, like, 
you know, we are never going to understand the life of a rich person who thinks giving up four hours out of their day is a big deal to get through, you know, a first encounter. Yeah. You and I give up entire 12 hour days just to do this one show. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, like time doesn't matter so much to poor people (laughs) as it does to rich people. So it's a whole different way of thinking and it's hard to basically like, you know, see things through their eyes. So when she says things like, you know, four hour dates or marathons, don't talk about your finances, you know, don't talk about your kids, don't talk about your exes, don't talk about. But that's normal, though. I mean, like, what because, is left? Because you know what, though? Like, it's society because society, like, kind of says, like, it mostly tells, like, and I'm, God, I don't ever want to, but, like, society tells women, like, your whole goal in life is to snag a man. Like, that's kind of like what the mentality always was up until, you know, recent times. So it's like, well, you don't catch a man by doing this. You don't catch a man by doing this, you know? So it's just these, like, parameters that have been in place for hundreds of years. Can't you just find a guy temporarily and misery them? What do you mean? Like break them? Like you sure know, there's people put that, that piece do of that. wood between their ankles and then smash it with a sledgehammer. They ain't gonna go anywhere. Then it doesn't have to be that much effort. I'm sure we know. We know lots of people that like kind of do that to people, or you know, like mentally kind of castrate people, like as couples. You know, like we've seen that. Like I've seen that tons of times in my friends and people I know. Yeah, I know, but oh my God, man. They, it's turned into such work. Like the the way that this was explained, even though it's an easier process and stuff, going out on a date for the first time and not talking about anything personal or anything in absolutes, the absolutes thing that she referred to, I find that like really weird. In a way, I see that almost as deceptive where, you know, if I have something in my, you, for instance, let's go to you. You said right up front, I never want kids. Yeah. Because you don't want kids. Yeah. Meanwhile, according to a matchmaker, you should never talk in absolutes. I would want to know right up front whether or not you want a kids. Because if you said, I want a kids, sayonara. See, isn't that so weird? Like, isn't that just like, we're like opposites. Like, we're just like. Opposites from people who use the matchmakers? No, I I feel like everything she said, we did the opposite of, and it worked good for us. So it doesn't necessarily mean that if you go to a matchmaker, it's going to work out. And it doesn't necessarily mean if you try on your own, it's going to work out. You just don't know. You have to wait for the bow, for the. What is that, right? A bow, an arrow. You have to wait for Cupid's arrow to hit you in the butt. That's what you have to do. I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Love stinks. <laughs> Listen, I re- I honestly was, I-, I learned a lot talking to Maria. Yeah, I found it very interesting. And, and, and it gave me, and hopefully our listeners, some insight as to how other people approach relationships, which I think is good because, like I said, I would say that yours and mine thinking mm-hmm. is pretty much a sa- along the same lines as each other, which is the reason why we get along so well, because we have the same mindset. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When I'm miserable, you're miserable. <laughs> when, when one Wait, of there's us more? Is, there's when more? One of us is happy, <laughs> when, I'm, when one of us is happy, the other one is shocked. But, <laughs> but you know, it, it could go either way. So... I just think you got to just leave your options open if you're single and see how it goes. See what happens. See, what, see what, happens. what happens. If you got a couple extra bucks to spare, why not give a matchmaker a try? Right? Yeah, why not? Have somebody do the legwork for you. That's it. Let them have the first come. Because, like, a first date is, by all regard, like, supposed to just be, like, a horrible, just, like, awkward situation. Especially with a two-drink min- like two drink maximum. Right? I remember distinctly, I think I had like three martinis that night. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know you did. (laughs) 
I was there gone. was no was bookie like, going on though. <laughs> I will tell you that much. There was no bookie. <laughs> I know, I, and, and believe me, I know that too because I feel like I laid out a lot for like three Manhattans, and there was no bookie going on. They were not Manhattans. <laughs> they were. Vo- I was going through my vodka martini phase. Oh Thank you very God. much, and Listen, I do remember that. I remember everything it's all about that first day. In the date. triangle glass, that's all I know. Is if it's if it's in one of those martini glasses, whatever, call it what you want. It's pure grain alcohol at the end of the day. Whatever. I remember everything about that first date. So, do you look back and say, "What the hell was I thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> like, when is it Stockholm syndrome? Is it like the Zika virus? Is it supposed to like last forever? You should have saved yourself and jerked the wheel. That would have just <laughs> that would have just probably been the best thing for all of us. <laughs> and twenty years from now, a car, a black sex panther nicknamed car, will be pulled from Bear Swamp Road somewhere. Oh my. <laughs> and thank you to nikki for giving up those little clues as to what state we were in by mentioning bear swamp road (laughs) (laughs) it could be anywhere i'm sure i'm sure there's several places that have a bear swamp yes i'm sure the the bear swamp road in queens is like (laughs) (laughs) isn't that in brooklyn like bear swamp that sounds like (laughs) i don't know it sounds like it would be in brooklyn (laughs) i feel like that would be a brooklyn beer Beer Swamp Road beer. <laughs> oh my God, dude! There's a place. Oh wait, it's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were on that road in Pennsylvania. No, no, no. This is like a different thing. It's called Bear Swamp Beverage. There's a place. There's a Bear Swamp in Massachusetts. A Bear Swamp State Forest in New York. Where in New York? Um, it's in Cayuga County, so it's like yeah. Upstate. So not real New York. It's still New York State, douche. Okay, so then I'm saying it's still New. It's the New York State, like it's not Pennsylvania. It's New York, is what I'm saying. So don't go getting all Long Island dirtbag on my ass. I'm not. I'm Manhattan chic all over your ass (laughs) right now. (laughs) Let's not forget, we have moved on and live in the big city now. Not like you know. All right. Okay. Enough with the bear swamp. Let's get to it. Did you know? Did you know? That was actually a very good segue. I'm good at some things, Tom. Oh, well. (laughs) Did you know that in the Middle Ages, young men and women drew names from a bowl to see who would be their valentine? What kind of bowl? I don't know. Hopefully one that you fill with marijuana (laughs) just to get through the day. Who the hell knows? They would wear this name pinned onto their sleeves for one week. For everyone to see. This was the origin of the expression to wear your heart on your sleeve. But Did you know that? No, I didn't know that actually. Well, see, I taught you something. Could you imagine things being so easy in this day and age? I pulled your name out of a bowl, so we're kind of together for a week. I'm sure we can all envision the eye rolls as the fugly guy started digging deep through the pile of names with their sausage fingers. <laughs> can you imagine it? I can imagine, like, because I think that, like, bowl of nuts and stuff are just, like, the dirtiest thing. So, like, anything that fingers are going to touch is just nasty. I think the words bowl of nuts is dirty and nasty in <laughs> itself. But thank you very much. <laughs> Men are so easy to please, aren't they? Oh, you're a chick? That'll work. Maybe it is because women take so much time in preparing themselves for the world that they can be more picky, as opposed to guys who base their style on what made it through the wash that week. You take longer in the bathroom than I do. Your hair... Your hair is like a hockey period it takes because you've got a lion's mane going on. (laughs) I am in and out in like 25 minutes. And that includes like everything. You don't get these looks without putting a little effort into it. So maybe that is. Are you subtly telling me I need to put some effort in? No. I'm put just some- saying my hair is a lot better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, today's matchmakers are a long departure from the inception of paper and pins. But the concept remains the same. Find someone who won't drive you crazy and hold on tight. Can you please just let your fingers off my neck a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) And that is this week's Oxygen Free Did You Know? (laughs) Did You Know? 
Well, we made it through another show. We sure did, Tom. It took a long time, but we made it all the way to the end. You know what I think made it take longer than usual? The fact that we split this show up over like three days. Yeah, maybe. But it was cool, like having... And you didn't know what to do with all the extra time that you had. So you were like, "Ah, I got to make it take longer. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But we made it. Yeah, we did. And we had, you know, it was great having Marie on the show. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I bulldozed kind of like over it. So I thought that I would just bring it back up. So bring us around, Tom. We did it well. I just wanted to say to everybody who listens, thank you very much for returning this week. And of course, again, another thank you to um, to Maria Avgatitis, founder of Agape Match, and Brian Gross also for setting up this week's interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. We really appreciate it, guys. Well, to find out more about Agape Match, check out this week's show description for links, because I already put them in. Okay. You know, I jumped ahead. I'm, all, I'm ahead of the game. Well, look at that then. There you go. Look at me planning. Great. All right. Well, then there's that. As always, you can find us at highregardshow.com. And if you have something to share with us, you can also send us an email at highregardshow at gmail.com. And of course, find us on all social media as High Regard Show. Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you again for listening. We will see you again next week for another footloose and fancy free adventure. Enjoy your conversation, hearts. Good night, everybody. Thanks.